Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the MTB Fitness Podcast. I'm so sorry for the massive delay there's been between this one and the last one, but you'd be happy to know that the podcast is now back. Now today is just going to be me and I'm basically going to be talking about a few things that I've learned over the past few weeks that have just kind of been on my mind, uh, a couple of mistakes that I've sort of seen and I've made, um, a few things that I've learned. I've got a new bike so I'm going to be talking a bit about that and I basically in the next kind of half an hour or so I just want to leave you with some real good takeaways that you can apply to your training, to your nutrition and to your life in general at the moment to help get you fitter, faster and stronger on the bike. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Like I say it's just going to be me today. There's no guests on until um, probably next week, maybe the week after, um, but it's going to be good. Looking forward to it. So I've got a list here of about seven points that I want to chat about in today's podcast, but knowing me, I'll probably get off on tangents and end up turning it into 14 or 15 points. Uh, So we'll see what happens. So these aren't like, there's no particular structure to these. They're just completely random thoughts that have kind of been on my mind recently. So they could be, I'll probably do some of these as a Facebook post or as a daily email, but I thought it'd just be cool to sit down with the mic really today and chat to you about a few of the things that have been on my mind recently, a few things that have happened, just a few lessons in general really. So the first thing I'm going to talk about, and it's just a small point here, is the type of music that I've been listening to before I head out for a ride. So if you've listened to the podcast for a while, or if you follow my emails or my Instagram stories or any of that, you'll know that I like to listen to music before I head out for a ride. So my actual, my pre-ride routine is to sit down, I'll have some food obviously first, you know, maybe an hour before, and then about half an hour before I actually head out to ride, I'll have a coffee and I'll watch some riding videos to get me in the mood and just to kind of get me excited to ride and to get focused. And I think it kind of helps just to watch some really good riders before you head out because that bleeds into your riding a little bit as, as best as it can. <laughs> um, and then after that, when I'm actually getting my riding gear on for about 10 minutes, I like to play some music. Now, for a while, and you probably heard me talk about this on the podcast, I liked to play kind of like dance music or fast-paced mu- music or drum and bass, that kind of thing, just to get me psyched up. But after, if you listen to the episode of the podcast with, I think it was Alan Milway, I was chatting about what, what people can do before the before they drop into downhills and what they can do to improve the riding. And he was talking about the best thing to do is to chill out really and to to kind of back off a little bit and to try and get into the flow. So I've changed the music that I listened to before I head out to a ra- for a ride to kind of like chilled out music. So a bit like if you're into film music, Hans Zimmer, that kind of thing, like really chilled out, relaxed music, uh, cinematic orchestra, Ludovico Einaudi, you might never have heard of these or you might be surprised that I listened to them if you have, (laughs) that kind of music and what I found is that it slows me down getting ready rather than getting all psyched up and feeling like I need to rush to get all my gear ready and and get it on, I found that it chills me out a little bit and I just head out in a slightly more chilled out mindset and I found that that sort of transferred over nicely to the trails because that kind of leads me into my second point which is that the, it's, it's, it's a bit of like, it's almost ironic that 
for the descending in particular, the less you try, the faster you go almost. I've been finding with my riding recently anyway. So the, often the harder that you try on a downhill, if you really sort of like attack it and you sprint as hard as you can and you go for it, you find that you don't ride as fast because your body's stiffer, so you hit rocks harder and it sort of like kills off more of your speed. And you find that you go into corners too fast and then have to like brake hard and then sprint out of them so you use more energy. And it's just not quite as fast. Now, if you go, I'll tell you a really good thing to watch. Um, on YouTube, there's a pink bike series called Pink Bike Hot Lap. And basically, for the season, there might be like seven episodes in the season. It'll all be the same downhill, and they send various pros down on this hot lap to see how fast they can go. And if you watch Sam Hill, uh, who's obviously a very famous rider, very good rider, he wins races all the time, like multiple time world champion, etc., etc. Um, he's like so relaxed on the way down it looks like he's barely doing anything and um, the other week i did a coaching day with elliot heap who's sam's hills um what you call him like teammate he's on the chain reaction cycles enduro team with sam hill uh, so i did a coaching day with elliot well i sort of skills coaching day and i was talking to the same thing about elliot and he said yeah he just never like slows down he kind of gets up to pace and then he just finds the smoothest lines everywhere like he's not slamming on the brakes and sprinting hard out of corners He's just flowing down the trail and obviously it works really well for him. So it's kind of one thing that I've been applying to my riding recently is just trying to find those smooth lines. So trying to break less in corners, trying trying to not try as hard, even though that sounds not quite right. And it's crazy. It really, really works. You'll notice that you feel way better on the trails. You feel a lot more relaxed, but you'll be faster as well. Um, there was a time recently, about four weeks ago, I got flat on this downhill. So the first half of the downhill, I got a puncture. Like I just hit a um, really sharp rock that pierced the tyre. Like it put a bit of a gash in it, so the tubeless sealant didn't seal it up. So for the last bit, it's quite a rocky descent. So I was just focused on not flatting. So I wasn't going particularly slow, but I also wasn't really pushing it. But all I was doing was looking for the smoothest line. So I was looking for all the gaps in between the rocks. I was looking to roll everything and just trying to find that smoothest line. And I was really surprised. I checked my Strava time, how you can, you know, you can analyze it to see kind of how fast you're going in miles per hour at different sections of the trail. And I was two or three miles an hour faster over the bits where I felt like I wasn't trying. And that's purely because I was finding those smooth lines. And that was something, again, on the, on the coaching day with Elliot, it, it came up there. He was teaching us to do that. It was me and Ozzy, my best mate, who's been on the podcast. So you probably heard him before. And it was me and him, and he was teaching us about the corners, and we were doing four berms back-to-back. And on one of the corners, I was really trying to pump out of the corner, so, you know, like, turn it over and then pump out, so you sort of, like, flick out of the berm. And he was stopping me doing that. He was saying, don't do that, just really smoothly kind of flow between them all. And when you watch him ride, he's going absolutely rapid, but he's not really... Obviously, he is trying, but it doesn't look like he's trying. So that's one thing that I've really been trying to apply to my riding sort of over the last three months. It's making a real, real difference. I feel so much faster. I feel like I'm using less energy on the downhills. And it just feels better, to be honest. So there you go. That music, that, so we're up to two points there. First point was listen to chilled out music before you ride. And what that will help you do in some regard is chill out and sort of try and find flow on the downhills. So on the next downhill you're on, give it a go. Try and spot that smoothest line. Try to break a little bit earlier and a little bit smoother for the corners and just break less. Try less, if that makes sense. So you're just trying to relax as best you can and go with the flow a little bit and see how you find it. And you'll find that any kind of advanced rider will do that. Now, that brings me on to point three. <laughs> so... 
on that sort of side of things where I said that I went and did a coaching day with Elliot. So I've done it before. I've had Elliot on the podcast, so you've probably heard that one with him. If not, go back and listen. It's really good. Um, it was me and Ozzy who went. So I'd actually done the coaching day already with Elliot about 12 months ago. And Ozzy hadn't done it before. So my next point is that I would highly, highly, highly recommend booking a coaching day where you can. Because it's invaluable to have somebody there sort of analysing your riding. Because they teach you how to do things right. They teach you how not to do things wrong, if that makes sense. But as well, sometimes you will be doing things right. And they'll just kind of say, yeah, that's right. You're doing that right. And then you feel more confident in your ability. But then on the other side of it, you'll think that you're doing things that you're not doing. So getting coaching is absolutely massive. Like, it's, it'll, it will really, really improve your riding. Just having somebody there to point out what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and just to help push you in, sort of push you to improve and to get to that next level because we all get into ruts at the end of the day, don't we? You know, when we're riding, we, we focus on riding and we just enjoy it. We don't necessarily think about improving or focus on improving our skills and it's made a really, really big difference. One thing I've been working on a lot since the coaching day with Elliot, which is a couple of weeks ago, probably for about two weeks before the coaching day, and then for a couple of weeks after, is just mastering wheelies. So obviously, when it comes to wheeling, I can get the front wheel up like religiously without any effort. So if there's any obstacles on the trail, I can always sort of do a pedal wheelie to get up and over it. But I can't currently wheelie for you know a minute down the road. You know, you see see the young lads especially sort of teenagers who you can just wheelie forever and that's something that I've been building on because if you can wheelie for a minute up a fire road then you can much more easily do it on the trail so that's one thing that I've been practicing just on the climbs on the way sort of up on everything on steady climbs I've just been practicing wheelies over and over and over again and it's been really good it's it makes like road climbs and fire road climbs that bit more interesting, but I found it's come on absolute leaps and bounds. Like it's really, really improved. I think on the social, there was a, uh, we did an MTB Fitness social ride this weekend, and I can't remember who said it, but somebody said I think I've ridden with them a couple of months ago, and they said, "Whoa, your wheel is improved." And um, just I was doing a little bit, and that is literally just from doing it probably. 50 times a ride, 100 times a ride, you know, just doing it lots on the climbs, just little bits. Um, it breaks up the climbs, it makes them more interesting, but it's been amazing to see how much better it's getting. So that's one thing that I'm really focusing on at the moment. Uh, and it feels way more comfortable, but you can tell it's sort of like transfer over to your riding. So one kind of takeaway tip you can have from today um, oh, and there we go. And this is a bonus point as well. I've not got this one written down. <laughs> is when you're on those trails, on the transitions in between trails, just have a practice on doing like some skills, doing wheelies, practice your manuals, practice your bunny hops. Uh, Elliot on the coaching day, he was saying the same thing. He said that when he's out riding, because he's an excellent rider, obviously. Um, he's like junior EWS world champion. And I think he finished 32 in the 32nd in the elite category last year. But that was with loads of mechanicals and his chain snapping on stages and all that sort of thing. So he's, he's right up there with the best in the world. And he was saying that what he does when he's transitioning, when he's like on out on rides, is that he does the same thing. He's always practicing manuals when he's going downhills. He's always practicing his wheelies on the flats and on the uphills. He's never just kind of sat in the saddle 
slog it away. He always kind of makes use of the time on the rides. And I thought that was really useful because if you're anything like me, you don't have two hours a day to head out into the back garden or head out into your car park or onto a road and practice wheelies. Like <laughs> time just, the time to do that just isn't there. But what, if we're heading out doing a two or three hour ride, then you can make the most of that ride and practice your skills. And I'd kind of add to that, there you go, there's going to be another bonus point, I told you I'd get off on tangents. <laughs> you can add to that, focus on a specific skill when you're out riding. So like I talked earlier about focusing on finding flow and on being smooth down the trail, if you focus on sort of a specific skill for that ride, it might be your cornering, it might be finding flow down the trail, it might be going a little bit faster, it might be doing drops, it could be something where you say, right, on this ride today, here's what I'm going to do, and just head out with a goal, because what that'll do is it'll just help you improve as a rider. I think the overall, the overriding point I want to make with this is that don't just get stuck into a rut where all you do is ride, and you're not improving, like really work on something to make you better, because it makes you enjoy riding more, the better you get, the the more fun riding is. But we all want to improve as well. Like, it's really satisfying going from being able to just get the front wheel up for one pedal stroke to being able to wheel it for 10, 15, 20 pedal strokes and beyond. You know, it's great to be able to see your bunny hop improving and to see yourself getting faster on Strava and whatever it is that you're interested in improving. Just just work on it because it will make you enjoy riding more and it's so much more satisfying. Now, this leads me on to point four, which is actually now about point seven, <laughs> which is ride with faster riders where you can. So, it's, riding with Elliot and seeing kind of what's possible on the trails really, really helps you. It it helps you. You can not, not necessarily from a coaching point of view where someone's saying, don't do that, do this, but just from the point of view of that you're riding a trail and somebody ahead of you is riding it different, they're riding it faster, they're taking different lines, you can see what's possible and that absolutely makes a massive difference. Uh, on the social ride on Saturday, we had a couple of really good, really, really good riders come in. Uh, Maya, who's been on this podcast before, she obviously races World Cup downhill. So it was wicked riding with her because there's gap jumps and things like that that she just absolutely nails, like so smooth and so seamless. And when you ride with someone like that, it naturally just helps you improve as a rider. If you only ever ride with people who are worse than you or just as good as you, you, you still improve, you absolutely improve, but not at the same rate as if you're just pushing to keep up with someone or you're just pushing to get better. Um, so what I would say is where you can, there's got to be some faster riders than you in your local area. Find them and then try and ride with them if you can. So just invite them out on a ride. It will really, really, really help you improve as a rider. Um, if you're trying to keep up with someone on the trails, if you're learning from them, if you're watching what's possible, it absolutely helps you improve. It'll motivate you to get as good as them, but you'll just learn from the little nuances they're doing on the trail that you don't necessarily think of. So that last point, ride with faster riders. Right, I've got a couple more points here. No idea how long I've been talking for. I talk quite fast, so probably less than I... Uh, Less than I was thinking. <laughs> we shall see. Um, the next one is to go ride new places. So this weekend, I was riding Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So on the Friday, I headed down to the Forest of Dean, which was just for a recce for the social ride, ahead of the social ride on Saturday. Um, so that was never been before. It was completely new trails. I'd not ridden any of it before. 
Then on the Saturday, it was a social ride. So again, that was riding relative, like half of the day was riding the same trails as the Friday, but it was only the second time I'd ridden them. And then in the afternoon, we did some super steep, super slippy off-piece stuff. Now that was great again, because it was riding different stuff that I don't normally ride. So most of my riding, I live right on the edge of Saddleworth Moor, if you know it, but it's, it's right on the edge of the Peak District, basically. So it's a lot of natural trails. Uh, the Pennine Way goes right past my house ish about it's a couple of miles away from my house something like that and um, so it's all natural trails that are up over the moors it was great riding roots and really slippy stuff and tight switchbacks right in the forest because that's just stuff that i don't tend to ride so where you can it's easy to get stuck into a rut of riding the same trials trials the same trails with the same people and then you just get really good at one thing, but you don't necessarily get as good as uh, uh, others. So like I never ever come across wet routes on my normal riding. So it was really nice at the weekend to be riding wet routes. Well, I say nice, obviously they're horrible, but it was nice to to have that, so to make you focus and to make you think about how you're going to get over them and how to tackle them. And like, I've obviously ridden routes loads of times. So I've ridden lots of different places, but I don't ride them religiously two or three times a week. So this point where you can make an effort to get out and ride different places because you will just get stuck in a rut if you ride in the same place time after time after time like go and find some different trails go and find some trails that intimidate you a little bit go to different terrain if you only ever ride sort of natural moorland get into some woods if you only ever ride in the woods try and get out some natural moorland and just mix up your riding a little bit like the the more things that you ride the better you'll become as a rider so I would highly, highly recommend that. And then the other point, which is point seven, but I've thought of a few more, so I'll carry on chatting away, is ride back-to-back where you can. So, oh, wait, this weekend, I obviously rode Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, my normal routine is to do to ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sometimes it's only two of those days, but I kind of head out for two or three hours, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I reckon over a month, there's probably two weeks where I ride twice a week and two weeks where I ride three times a week. Um, But there's always a gap in between. So I do weight sessions in between my rides or intervals. So I rarely ride back to back. Now, obviously, this weekend, I was riding Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So we did Forest of Dean Friday, Saturday. And then on the Sunday, I went over to Afan just with our Avan. Spell Afan, but I think you pronounce it Avan, but I still can't bring myself to say Avan because to me it's Afan. <laughs> so I'll call it Afan, even though I do know if you're Welsh, it's Avan. Um, I rode Afan on the Sunday and my legs were knackered for that. We did W2, which is, I think, is it 27 miles, I think, 3,000 feet of elevation. And I'd done a similar distance on the Saturday as well. I think on the Saturday I did about 21 miles, 3,000 feet of elevation. So I was feeling it on the Sunday. Like my legs were sore on the climbs. I was struggling on the downhills and it, it just pushed me. And that was purely because I'm not used to riding consecutive days. So that was really, really good. It really pushed my body out of the, my comfort zone. It forced me to get that bit stronger, to get that bit fitter. And it's just a shock to the system, which when you want to improve on the bike, is really, really, really important important so where you can i'd say make the effort to ride consecutive days like i know you can't do it all the time like you i'm sure you've got other commitments 
But if you can make the effort to, every now and again, just ride a few days back to back. It will really help your fitness. And you'll find you'll improve from a skill point of view as well because you're just having that real focused riding time where you're riding for five or six hours, two or three days on the trot. And if you're going to be doing some racing or if you're going to go on a riding holiday or if you're going to do anything like that next year, it's massively beneficial for that because it'll just get your body prepared for it more. And on that, I'd say a nice bonus point there is to, and this will probably be the final point of the day. So I've decided to enter a couple of enduro races next year. So I'm in the Ard Rock at the moment, and I'm looking at entering the Ard Dales as well. When the tickets come out for that, I don't think it's been announced yet. But well, the Ard Dales event has been announced, but when the tickets come out hasn't. They said in December, but there's been no more news about that. So. I'm, that's like my focus at the moment. So all my training and all my riding is aimed at doing those enduros next year. Now, I've never done any races before. Like, literally never done any. So I'm really, really looking forward to having that new challenge. But what I'm finding is that it's great to have a real target to aim towards because all of my training is targeted towards those enduro, the, towards the enduro races. I find that I'm really focusing on improving my skill and my speed and I just feel mega motivated to ride and train because I've got that real focus to aim towards. Now it's kind of a challenge of do as good as I can do. Um, but obviously it's competitive against other people as well and I'm quite a competitive person so I say this all the time but if you don't already I highly recommend getting some getting something booked in for next year so get yourself like an event booked in get yourself a challenge get yourself some races booked in and just because it will send your motivation through the roof I promise you like I'm absolutely loving having something to train towards some some a real tangible kind of target so if you can get something booked in for next year there's there's you really notice a difference so there you go. That's just me talking non-stop for the past however long it's been. Has it been 20 minutes, something like that? I'm not sure. I've not been counting. Um, hopefully, you took some value from that. I've talked really fast, and I've thrown a load of points at you there. I've probably thrown nine or ten things at you there. So I would expect your brain might be spinning a little bit, and you're struggling to sort of remember everything I'd said. What I would do is listen back again. So go back to the beginning of it on your next drive or next workout or whenever you listen to these podcasts and then listen back to it because you'll probably remember two or three points from today's podcast that you think, oh yeah, I'll apply that. Maybe go back and listen because you'll pick out a couple more points as well. Now next week, I'm 100% going to be putting another podcast out there. So I appreciate your patience. It's actually been though for a pretty good reason, the fact that I've not done a podcast over the last four weeks, six weeks, whatever it's been. And that's because I'm currently going through the process of reshooting every single exercise video for the 12-week program. And then I will be moving on to the 16-week program after that as well. So I've got a professional... A videographer, if that's the right name for it, who's been there with a full camera, he's got a gimbal to make them really smooth. So at the moment, for those of you that follow the 12-week program, you'll see that you kind of, it's the exercise videos which are included, are just videos of me doing a squat, for example, with no sound. Now, what I'll be adding in in January is full videos for each one, which actually have me describing every single exercise. So the, basically, the videos are going to be better, they're going to be more in-depth, and they're just going to make the program even better and even, even more helpful for you. 
So if you currently own the 12-week program, if you've bought it since it was released last February, then you'll get the free update. So what I'll do is I'll send you an email and then that will give you the new sort of version of the program completely free of charge. And if you buy the program between now and January 1st when I'm going to launch the updated version, again, you'll get the updated version anyway in January, so you don't need to wait to January to buy it. If you buy it now, I will update it for you again free of charge in January. And for everybody who's planning on getting on the program in the new year, it's going to be really, really good because all the videos are just going to be that bit more details. They're going to give you that bit more advice on how to do the exercises properly. They'll show you different angles and things like that. So that's the reason is that when you reshoot in 150 exercise videos it's very time consuming so the time that would normally go into doing the podcast has just been taken up by that um and i've also had a bit of sort of bad news from a family point of view my grand's got cancer so um she's probably well she will pass away kind of in the next few months so obviously i've been busy with that as well um i think i put a facebook post about it or a daily email but i've not kind of shouted about it but it's just meant that the combination of doing all my mtb fitness work looking after all my clients and then sort of that added family pressure if you like having to look after everybody and go and spend time with my gran and dealing with that side of things and then updating the program uh it just meant that the podcast has kind of dropped off so i do apologize for that it's all for for good or for real reasons um and know that in january there is going to be those new videos out there which is going to be going to be really really good so i reckon i've rambled off rambled on enough for one podcast if you have listened this far then thank you hopefully you've enjoyed my company and there will be another episode next week so i'm not sure yet whether i'm gonna have a guest on or whether i'm gonna shoot another one where it's just like this with me chatting to the it's definitely not a camera this is not a camera this is a microphone (laughs) um but there will be another episode next week so thanks so much for your patience thanks so much for tuning in and i will speak to you next week where there'll be another episode of the mtb fitness podcast thanks so much